0: the Lord, how's that, praise God, God is good, whoo, praise the Lord, that's always a good fun song, isn't it, praise the Lord, what a good God we serve, well, did you come to get something tonight, praise the Lord, because I got something to give you tonight, praise the Lord, <clears throat> we're going to go uh, to our opening verse And doing it all year long, we're in November, did you know that? Like we just blinked and all of a sudden it's like we're, wow. So anyway, we are in November and we have been, at least my time with you on midweeks, have been talking about living the life of faith that we're called to, praise God. And uh, at least that was my, what I was commissioned to do. And so I've stuck to that, praise the Lord. And uh, so every every uh, every week come at you a little different angle for the most part. Last uh, several services we've been talking about the things that hinder your faith, and the things that you know partner with your faith or work with your faith, help you with your faith. How you want to word it? Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God." Amen. Kind of a dust statement you would think, but I think like as I've been saying over the last several months here is that. The more you dive into this, the more you realize that that is a pretty profound statement because sometimes, you know, you don't even realize it how much we we have a tendency to not put our faith in God, and uh, so not that we're trying to bring up any negative, but the idea is to keep us stirred in faith, and as it says in the Amplified, it says to have faith in God constantly, amen, which is really why we're doing what we're doing, praise God, and uh, staying with it, sticking with it, Amen. Stirring our hearts, you know, keeping our minds renewed. Praise God uh, to a, uh, to the fact that we're called to live by faith. Praise the Lord. And uh, ver uh, the same verse in the uh, message uh, says this: Jesus was matter of fact. Embrace this God life. He called it, Amen. This life of faith, this God life, Amen. And it says, really embrace it, and nothing gonna be too too much for you. And that, really, that's kind of what we have been finding out. If if you grab hold of this and run with it, not that it's—you know—sometimes people say that faith is uh, like a movement or something. You know, we got all them faith people. Well, we're all supposed to be faith people. What are you, doubter? We're supposed to be faith people, right? We're not supposed to be unbelief people, you know. Uh, you know, or doubting people, right? Right. I mean, sounds fair. So really embrace it, amen. And nothing will be too too much for you. This mountain, for instance, it says in this verse or next verse there. Just go tell it, you know, go jump in the lake, no shuffling or shilly shallying, <laughs> and it's as good as done. Praise God. Amen. So, amen. You, uh, of course, most of you know that you know when we talk about a mountain. Uh, he's talking about speaking to that mountain. He's talking about those things that try to tower over you, those things that try to overwhelm you. Amen. Uh, take authority over those things. And how many know it takes faith to do that, right? So we have been talking uh, last week and this week um, about. Uh, this, you know, things that aid or partner with your faith, praise God. Did I give you Hebrews 10? I don't know if I did or not. Yeah, I did. Okay. That was another verse we always read. The just live by faith. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to live this way. This is our lifestyle. This is how we do it. Amen. We don't draw back. Amen. We're not those that pull back, you know, draw back, look back. Amen. Why? Because the word says, that his, he has uh, uh, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, it takes no satisfaction in you backing up. So faith is always moving forward. So if we want our faith to move forward, it takes some things sometimes to partner with our faith um, for us to, you know, to, to move forward, praise God. Um, you know, things that, that, you know, hinder our faith, things like we talked about a couple weeks back, doubt, sometimes our emotions get the best of us, sometimes we're more led by the senses than we are by the word. Sometimes even our experiences or past experiences have a tendency to dictate to us we went through all that and explained what that all means. And so last week we talked about the things that partner with our faith, things like patience. Hebrews 6 and 12 uh, says to, uh, that you don't become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, don't you think it's, you know, the bottom line is to, you know, if there's a promise that's been given, isn't it, uh, you know, isn't it necessary to, you know, do what it takes to get that promise working in us? Whatever it may be. Now, promise is that which you base your expectation on, which that might come up again here by the end of the service. Um, And so, but all those promises are there, what we base our expectation on. But it says it's through faith and patience. Now, the word patience, again, is a word that means to be constant or consistent. Amen. So through faith and then being consistent with your faith, amen, well, you'll inherit your promise. You know, the, the promise is a promise, now, you can miss out on your promise, and that's not his fault because there are people in the scriptures that miss out on the promise, right? The promised land, they missed out on the promise. Yeah, the next generation got it because it was promised, but they did the things necessary to get that promise. The people prior to that did the things necessary to lose that promise, if you can put it that way, I guess. Uh, but uh, so, you know, the promises are there, and they're for, you know, everybody. The Word says all the promises of God are yes and amen, amen, so uh, it, the promises are there, but sometimes people give up halfway into the process. So through faith, through your, you know, your reliance, your dependence, your assurance, your confidence in God, your trust in God, your conviction, uh, you know, your, uh, your, your belief in. These are all synonyms to this word faith. Through your faith and being consistent with your faith, you then inherit the promises, and uh, like brothers Wigglesworth said, he said sometimes uh, you know the in- it's the enemy's dogged determination to outlast you. You know, one uh, one brother said it this way. One of those, uh, I think it was uh, Ford, uh, said it this way. He said uh, uh, Henry Ford made a statement about uh, you know some people give up before you know they got to their you know promise gave up too soon you know, and uh, you know there's a uh, you know, there's things that, you know, people fail in life just because they gave up too soon. I think that's what he said. I think that's how it worded. And so, uh, uh, you know, I think that's true. You know, a lot of people just give up. Okay. And, you know, the fight gets pretty tough or something or pretty soon you kind of get a war out. You ever been wore out? Right. Sometimes we've missed out a lot of promises just because we got wore out, got tired. Right. Well, I didn't mean the promise wasn't there. We just got tired and quit. Now, there's no condemnation on that. We're not here to condemn anybody because we've all been there. You know, you, you know, you're pressing along, and then pretty soon, you know, you've you got that mental warfare that goes on. And uh, pretty soon you're thinking, well, maybe I missed God or maybe, maybe uh, you know, I'm doing it all wrong or, uh, you know, whatever. Some people just get mad at God. You know, you, you can't get mad at the one that's giving you the promise. That'll mess that process up real quick. So you don't want to do that. But some people, based on the fact, they get wore out and tired. Some people actually get cranky when they're tired. I know it's probably no one in here, but but there are people that do. Uh, You know, you get tired, you get cranky. And so some people get cranky at God because they're tired. Anyway, moving right along. Get all kinds of things. I'm just telling you, sometimes, see, the promises are there, but through your faith and through your consistency with your faith, you inherit that promise. Amen. So you got to stay with it. Praise God. Another one we talked about last week was our mouth, right? So 1 Timothy 6 and 12 talks about fighting a good fight of faith, right? But, you know, you lay hold of what's yours that life you're called to, that eternal life, that quality of life, amen, to which you are also called. And then it says, but you've got to confess something. You've got to get your mouth working for you. You've got to confess a good confession. And it says, even in the presence of many witnesses. That doesn't, so what the, I think the reason you know you hear that, it's not that everybody has to go around telling everybody everything. It's, yet, it's that what happens most cases is, you know, you're talking one thing in the prayer room or one thing with your pastor, and then you go with the presence of other people and you talk another thing. I, again, nobody in here, but, it, you know, people do that. People do that. You know, they get to talk in other things around other people, and uh, you don't even realize that that just messed up the process. Now, good confession, okay, the word confession, homoslogia, which means same word, uh, you know, two different words. It means same word. Uh, the word in uh, homos logia, in, uh, uh, in a concordance, means a covenant acknowledgement. In other words, you acknowledge your covenant, your word. So you speak the same word. You talk your covenant. So when you're in the middle of a fight, the fight of faith, one of the things that's got to work for you is your mouth. you got to get your mouth working for you. Not against you. Listen, you already got enough warfare going on. The last thing you needed to be doing is shooting yourself in the foot with your own words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Proverbs 18 tells us. Amen. Matthew, Jesus uh, talking, he says, it's not what uh, goes in the mouth that defiles a person. What comes out of his mouth, that messes him up. Come on, right? That's how this stuff works. Uh, just like you got born again through you believe in the heart, you confess with your mouth. It goes on to say the principle is that you, know, you believe in your heart, amen, but your salvation comes based on, come on, a confession, confess the word, you believe in your heart, you confess it, amen, and salvation comes or deliverance comes. So you got to get your mouth working for you, amen. Listen, you'll mess up your faith if you got your mouth going in the wrong direction. Remember, there's promises for you and me, amen, and if we're going to do the things that that hurt your faith, then you you can't, you know, don't don't be upset because things ain't manifesting, so you have to learn to keep your mouth in check as part of it, amen. The other thing we talked about last week was uh, out of James uh, 2, it was one of the texts we use, Uh, talking about uh, through, uh, you know, faith, your faith has to have a corresponding action, it's got to have works, means a corresponding action or reaction, amen. Uh, most of the time, it ends up being a reaction. Most people lose, miss out on things because of a reaction. Their initial action was they believed, they did something, they said something. Amen. They were pressing in for something, but then here comes something to oppose your faith. And James 1 brings out very clear that your faith's going to be attacked. You Don't be ignorant of this stuff. Amen. You made a decision you're going to stand for God, then you think the devil's just going to go, oh. No, he's going to say, really? Well, let's see about that. Yeah. Okay. Amen. And so you just stand your ground. You got to learn to stay, stay put and stand your ground. You got to have a corresponding action. So that means there ought to be things in your life, amen, that ought to, ought, to, you know, ought to let people around you know they should be able to look at you and go, that person's believing. That person's standing by faith about something. So it could be your words, could be your actions. Come on, somebody. Or as I've been saying, a reaction. Amen. Many times, it's the reaction. I mean, if you go to the Scriptures, the Gospels, you see a lot of people that, that got their promise because they reacted right. There was something opposing them. Amen. Now, their initial action was right, but then something opposed them, and they turned and reacted right, and when they reacted right, they got their manifestation. Woo! So, you got to have a corresponding action. That was something we, we closed the service with last night, or last week. So today... Uh, We're going to, let's go to, uh, let's go to Hebrews 11, the Faith Hall of Fame, their uh, chapter anyway. Uh, It starts off, says, now faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Now, some of your translations bring out that faith is, uh, faith gives substance to things hoped for, all right? Substance means matter. So, uh, you know. The best way to say it, um, I'm going just kind of jump to the uh, chase here on this thing, is that, you know, if you're trying to get something to manifest in your life, you're trying to, in a sense, what you're doing is you're pulling out of an unseen into a scene. You're trying to give it matter. You're trying to give it substance. Are you still with me? Now, your faith can do that. So your believing or your trust in God can give substance to things. One person calls it like a rope. You're like your... Last one, that thing, and you're, you might not see it naturally, but you're pulling on that, that rope of faith, so to speak, until that thing manifests, amen, until you see it, amen, so you stay in faith. But this here verse says that it gives substance to things what hoped for. Everybody say hope. That's kind of a key. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this thing called hope because it's something that works with your faith. The word hope means expectation or anticipation or expectancy. Okay, when you look up the word expectancy, it means it's uh, it's defined as foresight, a look forward, or something that has been kept in view. So I was talking about a picture. Okay, so it's dealing with a picture on the inside. Um, So how how you view things? Okay, Uh, there's a usually uh, you know you got a you got an expectation of things. It could be a good expectation. It could be a bad expectation. Some people, you know, um, you know. They believe for the best, but they're expecting the worst. Because the picture on the inside says it's always bad. It's never going to get good. It ain't never going to change. That's just my old rotten luck, the way it always is for me. Nothing ever changes for me. And they might, they might know the right things to say when the preacher man's around. A lot of people know, right? You, you know, you, you, we, we all know Christianese, right? Come on, right? You know, everybody knows how to say amen. I mean, you just come to this church just for you know a couple services and you're already, you know, amen and hallelujah and, and praise the Lord and glory to God and we learn a language. And it's all good. We want to do that, right? But uh, but we don't just want to say things for the sake of you know saying things if if inside that's not what's working. Now you want to get your mouth in gear and do in the right direction, don't get me wrong. As we talked about earlier, but but we also want to change that picture on the inside because some people have a miserable picture on the inside. Okay, let's look at uh, Romans 15. Romans 15. Let's look at something here. Now there's no way I'm going to do a whole big sermon on on uh, on hope here, but I got some other places to get to today, but uh, we have done a many a times. Uh, You've know, done full. We've done full series on this word hope, uh, because how I many know hope is a God thing. It's a God. It's of God origin or God's intention, His eye, His purpose, His part of His attributes or characteristics. Amen. God's a God of hope. And verse thirteen of uh, Romans fifteen says, "Now may the God of hope, Amen, fill you with." All joy and peace in believing that you, why? Well, that you abound in hope. Okay, God wants you to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you've heard a lot of times, you know, people say, don't get your hopes up. Now, that's actually unscriptural. You're supposed to get your hopes up. Now, I know why people do it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. You know, people sometimes they're concerned if I get my hopes up and then, you know, you know, sure as you know what, I'm just going to fall on my face again. uh, Well, that's your picture. Your picture is—it's—it's it's never going to work for you. Your picture is I'm always going to stay broke, busted, and disgusted, or stay sick, or stay—you know—you m- know, family problems or issues or whatever. That's their picture, okay? It may be what you, and listen. We're not making light of anybody's thing because you may be around it all the time, and that's what you see constantly. But you got to start changing that picture, okay? And so God wants to fill you, Amen. It says. Amen. With all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. God wants you to be filled and abound with hope. Why? Because he's the God of hope. Well, then, if you want hope, you're going to have to hang out with Mr. Hope. I'm not talking about Bob. Okay. So I'm talking about, you know, the God of hope. You hang out with him. Guess what? Hope comes. Okay. So expectation comes. Amen. Anticipation comes. The more you hang around with God, the more you expect God, to do something. Still with me? Um, let's put uh, 2 Corinthians 1 up, all right, because uh, mentioned it earlier, but let's, let's read it here. For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him amen to the glory of God through us. You say, well, why are you reading that? Because the word promise in itself means that which you base, base one's expectation on. You base your expectation on things that he has promised you. So, amen, obviously we're going to have to hang around a little bit with those promises. And that's where we begin to base our expectation on. So what that means is, okay, the more, just like this, the more that you meditate on the promises of God, the more that picture begins to change. Come on. The more you get around it, the more you meditate on it. Amen. Pretty soon, all of a sudden, you start seeing this thing, you know, this thing can happen. This is going to work. This is going to happen for me. Amen. You're going to have to give heed to that. Listen to things right other than the bad news. Come on, amen. Because the more you hear the bad news, the more your expectation is that's what's going to happen. You know, you know. It's amazing to me how fast uh, somebody's uh, you know negative mind can work. Come on now. And, uh, you know, there's a, just a little statement I make. And years ago, I can't even remember who said it. It might have been something Mike Milley or somebody, Jesse Duplantis, or somebody might have said once or something. But uh, there is absolutely nothing positive about being negative. There isn't one, one bit of anything that's positive about that. So it's so easy to be negative. But the reason people go negative is because that's the picture that they have on the inside. Are you still with me? Now, um, expectation or anticipation, uh, it's what colors your outlook. It's what shapes your attitudes. It's what influences your actions. So if your expectation's off, your outlook's going to be off. All right? If your expectation's off, your attitude's going to be off. Right? Right? If your expectations off, your, your actions are probably going to end up being wrong. Because you're, 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 you're more apt to expect, and as a result, you act on that. Now, the reason we're saying all this, is because faith gives substance. Faith works. Faith always works. I said it always works. And your faith always gives substance to what you're expecting. And he said, Well, I don't want that to happen. Then then you got to change your expectation. Now even, uh, you know, Job figured this out later, a little late, but he he did figure it out, you know, that his his expectation was wrong, and what he feared the most came upon him, and there's a whole bunch of things said in there, and, you know, we'll see what, we might talk some more about that another time, but but, uh, uh, Job's expectation was his kids were going the wrong direction, and his family was screwed up and they weren't all choosing God, and they weren't. That just, just kept going on and on to the point that literally it opened the door wide open for the enemy. The hedge came down. Now, nobody wants that mess, but that was an expectation. Okay? Faith gives substance to what you expect. I said, Faith gives substance to what you expect. grew up, had, I had some family members that had a tendency to be a little bit negative all the time and always see the worst. didn't matter what happened. They was always going to find the worst. And they literally would, would say statements like, you know, everything's gone good today, so I'm just looking around. There's something bad about to happen. I'm thinking, really? <laughs> Amen. And then something bad happens. And then they go, see? Like they prophesied it. <laughs> you know? Well, your faith gives substance to things. Amen. And, uh, you know, you just have to, uh, you know, change the picture. I said, change the picture. Uh, Jeremiah 29, a common verse, but let's look at it. Verse 11 says this For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and what? A hope. Now, the reason I'm reading this verse, and I think it's worthy of doing it, it's just because we're kind of condensing this a little bit, is that, um, you know, if you want hope, you're going to have to hook up with His thoughts, because His thoughts, amen, are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope, and obviously, it's a good hope, right? Come on, a peace and not of evil, right? Future and a hope, right? So, that means we've got to hook up with His thoughts, Amen. So you got if you want to change that picture, you're going to have to hook up with his thoughts, hook up with his words, hook up with how he's he things, how he thinks things. Come on somebody. Are you still with me? I mean, you just it's amazing how you can change things by just setting your mind on the right thing and pretty soon little by little, that whole it's like it's like um, in the back of your mind there's a canvas and that's constantly changing. You know years, years and years ago, I don't know I said some guy what, was it Bob Ross or whatever that. Remember the guy, the pro and the, remember that guy? You know, I can't even remember, it might have even been him, I don't remember, I was just a little kid and and uh, went to this, you know, I think it was some, you know, you know, event, I don't know, and then he's up there in front with this massive canvas and he's doing stuff and he, you know, at first it looks like, what the heck's he doing? You know, blob here and a blob there and a big old blob over here and, you know, he's talking about being happy and how you can change your life and And, you know, it's, you know, right? Even Bob got a hold of this, you know. But anyway, uh, you know, he's changing this, and pretty soon it it turns into a full-blown, you know, screen of, you know, forest and animals and, yeah, it was a happy scene, right? And, uh, you know, but that canvas, you you know, started off, might have been kind of a messy, you know, kind of a blah and a mess. And, see, your canvas might be like, ugh we got to get Mr. Ross working on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> got to change that thing, right? So, so we just change it. It's just canvas. You just go back in there, and you put a few trees here, and a this here, and a smiley face over here. And, yeah. yes. If all you ever see yourself is sick, then we will just change the picture. See yourself well. Amen. If all you ever do is see yourself broke, then we change that canvas so it's, you don't see yourself broke anymore. Amen. And what happens then? Your faith begins to give it substance. See, hope works with your faith. Amen. So it's necessary, praise God. Amen. Are you still with me? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Am I boring you tonight? Yeah. Hallelujah. So I just kind of look at it this way. If you're going to maintain hope or maintain a, a right expectation in life, you're going to have to maintain his thoughts. Amen. Years ago, I heard somebody make some statement. They said, if you, if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. <laughs> so, amen So we just, you know, put, just change it Praise God, make a, get the right picture there Praise God, and that's what you're aiming at That's what you're moving towards And pretty soon your faith gives it substance Are you still with me? Yeah. Amen, praise the Lord So if you find yourself always going negative Or you find yourself always seeing the worst Then you just have to know right then That that's what it is, your expectations off. You're with me? Yeah. Listen, you might as well know these things, right? I mean, you know, well, you always, you always pull up all this. Listen, listen, you got to know these things. If you don't know these things, and you go on your whole life, and you keep giving substances to the wrong stuff. And you may hate it. You may not like it at all, but it keeps on manifesting. It keeps on happening. It's just like, a, you know, this, here we go around the mulberry bush. Is that what it was? One of those bushes. Anyway, the mulberry bush. <laughs> Amen. Something like that anyway. Anyway, but, uh, you know, we always say, how come I got to keep going around this mess all the time? Well, maybe it's just our expectation needs to change. It might be something that simple, right? All right, well, let's look at another one because I think it's worthy of looking at a few of these things. See how many we can get done today. Uh, Galatians 5. Let's go to Galatians 5. Praise the Lord. Talking about things that, that, that help your faith or aid your faith or partner with your faith. Maybe another way of saying it. Galatians 5, verse 6, uh, for in Christ, everybody say in Christ, that's kind of a key thing here, in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avail anything. So in other words, it's not about some religious ceremony or uh, a law thing uh, that's going to work here. It says, but your faith working through what? Love, right? So love is a, is a partner with your faith, right? So, you know, um, love's pretty important. Uh, um, so, faith working through love. Now, let me, let me give you a couple other translations, if you're okay with that. Um, first, the Williams translation. I know I gave you a couple back there, Karen, but I got a couple I don't think that you had. But the Williams translation talks, says that for in union with Christ, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avail, but only, here we go, but only faith that is spurred on to action by love. Now, hang on to that. So, uh, faith that is spurred on to action by love, the passion translation. I might have gave you that one, Karen. Um, yeah, you have. It, okay, uh, when you're placed uh, into the anointed one and joined to Him. Okay, so we're talking about connecting with Him. Circumcision and religious obligations. That's how I thought that's kind of cool. Religious obligations can benefit you nothing, right? So it's when you're we're talking about connecting with Him, uh, all that matters now is living in the faith. Here we go. That is activated. That's one of the words he uses, right? Activated and brought to perfection by love. Still with me? Well, the, you know, we're going to define some of this. Now, this word working, uh, you know, when you, when you it's ener, energio, okay, which we, we get our word energy or energized, but it means to be active, efficient, effectual, effective, uh, energized, as I said earlier. So your faith is, you know, what's, what's working. Amen. Faith working through or by or brought to perfection by love, okay? So, uh, it's, it's, you know, love is, is a partner with your faith, all right? The amplified, let's bring that up. Let's look at that. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or, some, or uncircumcision counts for anything, but only, here we go, faith, here we go, activated and energized and expressed, and working. So there, the Amplified brought up all the words that you'll find when you look that word up, working. So activated, energized, expressed, and working through love. All right? The uh, J.B. Phillips translation, I don't know if you got that one, but anyway, it um, talks about the faith. As a matter of faith, This is just the tail end of the verse. Faith which expresses itself in love. Okay, is his. The James Moffat translation says faith active in love. Now, said all that because this word love, if you go back to the New King James verse, um, love is the word agape, okay? So God is love, right, agape, okay? And we're to walk in love, agape, okay? And so the word agape is defined as deep affection, it uses words like benevolent, charity, self-sacrificial, but it's referring to an unconditional love, a, a deep and sincere emotion that's moved to action. So when we're, talking about, we're talking about a love now that's moved toward giving, moved toward action, amen. It's, it's sacrificial in the sense that it's willing to give no matter, no strings attached, no matter the price. That's, that's what it refers to. Okay, now the reason it's all necessary is because a lot of times you know when it's taught um, it's talking about you know your love for people, your how you walk in love your faith works but and I understand how they all get that, okay, but in all in context, it's not really talking about your love for everybody else, it's talking about your love for God Now we're not taking away from all that others because the word says if gonna, you want to you want to find out how you love God find out we'll watch you how you love people. Come on, come on, so you know if, You know, so we're not taking away with the fact that we we should be walking in love with everybody else, too. Okay, because it could hinder something. But in context here in Galatians 5, he's talking about somebody that's in union with Christ, that's just trying to release faith towards something, working towards something. It says, but it comes through this love thing. So he's talking about an unconditional giving of oneself. Still with me? Now, you, we'll take verses like uh, Revelations 2, um, talking about the church at Ephesus. He said, one of the things I had against you is that you've, you've left your first agape. You've left your first love. Okay? So your, your, your unconditional, you know, deep affection, giving of oneself has diminished. Come on. Now, now listen, there's a reason for all this. Why why can't it mess up your faith, see? There's a reason for it, okay? Um, One of the um, um, key words that you hear, we actually talked about it, I believe it was Sunday, um, touched on it, agapeo. Now, there really is no agape without agapeo, because agapeo is about total commitment. Come on, so you know that's where you get verses like uh, "Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength." Mark twelve, 12 or uh, uh is it Mark twelve. I believe it's Mark twelve. I don't know if I gave you that verse or not. I did. Verse thirty, uh, we're to love the Lord. That's the word agapeo, right? Um, we use that verse out of Romans eight. You know it says, uh, you know, all things are working together for those uh, who who love the Lord. Agapeo. Now the reason I'm saying that word, using that word, because we're talking about agape love, this unconditional giving of oneself. See, there, if, if, there isn't going to be that if there is no total commitment. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Okay, so why is that so important when it comes time to your faith? Well, one of the reasons is just the fact that, you know, God's trying to lead you, guide you, and direct you. And if there ain't no total commitment, you're going you're to come up short. It's about the time that he says, you know, let's go this way to make this thing work. I ain't doing that. I want it to work this way. And then we get over here and we wonder why it ain't working. And the whole time God's been, you know, Agape himself is trying to, come on. But we're we're not committed enough. Come on now. Listen, again, no condemnation. But sometimes, you know, you get dealing with things, you know, like, uh, for instance, if you're trying to make a relationship work. You better be leaning on God to make that relationship work. Now, first thing he's going to tell you is he's going to talk to you about walking in love. And you think, oh, gosh, isn't there some other way? <laughs> right? But see, when it comes down to, uh, you, you know, you say, well, it's, it's, I, I'm not loving that person. No, you're not loving God enough. You're not loving God enough to override your feelings. Or your emotions, come on, you're too stuck on your feelings, your emotions for that individual. The whole time God's trying to bring you into victory, but you ain't you're about to go that way because you're not committed enough to this. Now think about this, okay, uh, other, other places, okay. Sometimes, okay, now maybe a little bit, we'll kind of go back a little bit, talking about that consistency, if you're not committed enough, you're probably not going to stay consistent. You know, I, I can't even tell you how many times, you know, somebody called me in the morning and say, you know, pray and that, you know, yeah. pray, Pastor, okay, we'll pray, we'll believe God. Now, this is the deal. You got to stay with this thing. Yep. And the, by the afternoon, they'll call me saying, oh, I just can't do that. I just can't do this. Dude, it's only been three hours. <laughs> right? Well, you're not committed enough. If you're not committed enough, well, how do you expect to, you know, walk in victory and, you know, and have your faith do something glorious, amen, if you're not committed enough? In fact, if you, if you really look at the, you know, Hebrews 11 and deal with the, the Hall of Faith famers, amen, listed there, the men and women of God that, I mean, every one of them, the reason they did what they did was because of their commitment level. They were willing regardless of how it looked or what they were saying, Went ahead and believed anyway, because they were committed to Him. They had a love for Him. They were all in. See, agape's all in. All in. I'm all in. Well, sometimes that's a a huge deal, right? Okay, I don't mean to bore you tonight. But definitely this is something that, you know, we have to stop and look at, you know, and I always kind of look at it this way. Are you pouring your life into God or are you just putting God into your life? See, that's a big difference. You know, if you're pouring your life into God, then that means you're committed to this. Amen. Listen, i I, I be honest, with my own life, um, there have been a lot of t- things that we've, you know, seen and dealt with. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, whatever it's been now, 30 since, well, since 85, I guess, when um, we kind of, dove into this thing full tilt, and uh, uh, so it's, uh, you, you do the math, I guess, but anyway, uh, so several years there, and uh, sometimes the only reason that we even succeeded in some things was just because we were committed, because it, it looked like anything but that, it looked like nothing else was going to work, or wasn't going to happen, but we have a, a love for God. Come on, somebody. Now, now just, just hear this, okay? So faith worketh through love. So now think about faith, okay, again. Faith, conviction. Conviction worketh through love. Most people back up on their convictions because they ain't got they're not committed enough. Well, you know, I was just in, and the moment and, 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 and so whoa, dude, time out. Come on, I mean, stay committed to this thing, you know. It'll work. Just stay committed. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. John 21, let's turn there. Uh, Now, if you've been doing your readings, just even last week you would have been reading this, right? John 21. Still with me? Listen, I'm not trying to... uh, I ask that question a lot, but I find that if you don't, most people just pretty soon they just start fading, and you're thinking about something about what I I do when I get home, and come on, I wonder if I, did I shut the dryer off? (laughs) My curdlers, are they, were they on? Did I leave those on? on, Did I let the dog back in? Preachers up here, Wah, 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 wah. And your thought is, please get done so I can get home. (laughs) I need a piece of pie at Sherry's or something. I don't know. Amen. So you got to, sometimes you got to be reminded, you know, stay connected, Hear what's being said, because this could be stuff that that fixes it. Right? Right? I mean, think about all these things. It could be your lack of, you know, patience or expectation or your mouth or your works or your love for God. I mean, it's just all kinds of things. Just sometimes it's, just, it's good to be challenged in these things and stir it up and make sure you keep your stuff, your, everything connected here. Okay, so here's what Jesus said to Peter. All right, So when uh, he had uh, eaten breakfast, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, verse 15, says, Simon, son of Jonah, just in case you think I'm talking to somebody else, I'm talking to you, Simon, do you love me more than these? That's a valid question. Uh, it's agapeo. Do you, agapeo? Are you committed to me more than these? More than who? Who's the these? Well, in context, there's other disciples sitting around. He just got them back in off the boat. And he went back fishing instead of preaching. Come on, somebody. I mean, we can, say, we can go all kinds of places, but He, he said, Are you committed more than, than all this and all these? And are you, are you here? Are you, con- are you connected? Are you committed? Come on. And, uh, of course, you know He answers. What's the answer? Well, oh, yeah, 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 Lord, I'm, You know I am. You know that I love You. Now, this word love He said is a Greek, different Greek word. It's phileo, not agapeo all he's doing right here is he's 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 uh, in a sense feeling him out. He's just he's he's finding out we're gonna we're gonna locate you, buddy. We're gonna locate where you're at here, okay? He says, "Well, you know that I filial you, okay? You know I got I got I got a strong friendship with you, Lord." He said to him, "Feed my feed my lambs." Now listen, all this what he's talking about here, is, he's just saying, "Listen, see if you don't if you ain't committed." You're probably not going to do what you're called to do. You're not going to go the distance. It ain't going to happen. And he's already found that out because we just got you back out of the boat because you got all condemned because you messed things up because I called you on it. I said you're going re- to deny me for the rooster crows three times. or you going to deny me three times for the rooster crows? Ah, I never did. I'd never die for you. Really? We'll see. How, we'll see. What happened? He denied him three times by that time. And one of the Gospels literally says he was standing in a place where he could look out through the doorway and he looked right at Peter. While he's going through what he's going through, the rooster crow looks back, looks at the door, and there's Peter going, what happened? Well, he was all condemned, right? But Jesus was trying to locate him then. Now he's, you know, so he goes back, thinks he's already messed up everything. He's back to fishing again. Comes back in because they realize it's the Lord. Comes back in the shore. They have breakfast. Now he says, Peter, do you love me? You committed? Well, you, 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 you know I, I'm fond of you. <laughs> Did that to my wife one time. She about hit me. <laughs> yeah. She says, I love you. I said, I'm, I care highly for you too, honey. <laughs> we'll talk about commitment here in a second. <laughs> well, anyway, so we have a joke on that. It's been that way for about 30 years. No, I, I have told her I love her, though. I better clear that up. But every now and then we say that stuff just to kind of just see if the other one's listening. But <laughs> well, anyway, he says, you know, you know I, I'm, I'm fond of you, Lord. Well, feed my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? agapeo. And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Come on. I'm fond of you. He said, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And this time he used the word phileo. I thought that was kind of interesting. And really what it was, the Lord located him. Amen. He said, well, we got something we can start with, I guess. Do you love me? This time he was grieved because, you know, he, and the Lord asked you three times, "Do you love Him?" There's probably a reason He asked you three times. <laughs> Am I right? Come on now. And yeah, he said, "Well, you." And then they just answered, "You know, you know all things. You know where I'm at." <laughs> Amen. You know that I love you, Lord, right? All right, and then Philo is the same word here again. Feed my sheep. Praise God. Most surely I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, but when you were older, Amen, you're going to stretch out your hands. In other words, he's signifying here how he dies. Right? Other you will gird you. Others will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Uh, this he spoke, signifying by what death he would uh, he would glorify God. So in the end, he obviously gets a hold of it, goes all the way. Listen, remember, you love, you know, if you want to overcome the enemy, you overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony, and loving not your life even unto death. See, why does that take such a part? Because only people that are committed are willing to go the distance. It's not saying everybody's going to die young. It just means that you're in this thing. See, some people, the enemy runs them over because they're not in it. They're not all in. They're only in when it's convenient. So the enemy just, you know, waits for a moment, nails you again, and then pretty soon you're backing up. So he says this, follow me. Accompany me. Amen. Be in the same way with me. Follow me. Amen. So the point being is this, you know, stay with it. Stay committed. Stay locked in. Amen. So I can do something with you. You got purpose. You got calling. You're going you're to minister to my, my sheep. You're going to minister to my lambs. You're going to be used to do this, but you're going to have to be committed. Right? That's what it's about. You're, that's what he's trying to say. You can't go every time the, the going gets tough, go back fishing. Run home to mommy. Huh? Come on. You're going to have to stay with this thing. Stay on it. And you'll get somewhere with this thing. And the man goes down to history as a great man of faith, Amen. Did some great things. We even got some books in the Bible he wrote, right? I mean, come on. So he obviously got a hold of it, and and it did signify what by what he did, and cor- how he died. And of course, according to uh, church history, he was crucified, like the Lord. And if I'm not mistaken, he might they might even he might have even had him crucify him upside down or something because he didn't want to di- felt like it was or something, that's I, 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 just talking about church history, but he did die by crucifixion. So, anyway, uh, you'd have to be pretty much into this. Come on, right? Can you handle one more? Yeah. All right. I think this is, uh, you know, pretty significant. Um, you know, when you think about all these, I don't know that any of them are more important than the other. They're just different things that, that, that work alongside your faith. So, when we're talking about being a people of faith, well, you can't do that without the Word of God. Right? So, Romans 10. We actually used this verse probably about a month back on part of this series. Romans 10. And uh, verse 17. Probably should read all of it, but. uh, Just says this. Um, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the the word of God. In in context, i about hearing the message. Amen. The gospel, the good news, the glad tidings of good things. He's talking about in context. The, the report of the Lord, the good news. Come on, somebody. And you, keep, you hear that and hear that. Amen. It's talking about, and that hearing, where are you going to find it? In the Word of God. Right? So if you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And in context, it's talking about, amen, if you're hearing the Word, you're going to have faith in that Word. You keep hearing that Word, you're going to have an expectation of that Word. If you keep hearing that Word, you're more apt to trust God. Come on, somebody, right? Now, if all you're hearing is CNN, you're probably going to have more confidence in CNN than you do the Lord. Why? Because that's what you keep hearing. Somebody said, oh, that ain't how it, it sure does work that way. If all you're ever hearing is the bad news, that's all you're ever expecting is the bad news. Come on, somebody. Right? But the Word of God's got to be somewhere in there. You've got to spend time in the Word. Amen. You've got to meditate on the Word. You should be quoting the Word. Come on, somebody, pray in the word. We can go on and on and on about all the things that are necessary about the word. Now, this word here, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, this word, um, I believe, is uh, the word Rama, okay? So it's talking about a revealed word. So obviously, it's somebody that keeps hearing it. But what we're going to do here is just do um, let's go to 1 Peter. Um, look at this, 1 Peter. Are you getting something tonight? All right, verse, let's see here. I think I gave you verse 23, Karen, but I'm going to back up to verse 22. Sorry about that. Um, And let me just go ahead and read it real quick. Since you have uh, purified your souls in obeying the truth, everybody say the truth, truth. through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again. Okay, so he's talking about you've been born, it may have been born again. Right, you received Christ, okay, but you got born again not by a corruptible seed, but by an incorruptible or imperishable seed. How? Through the Word of God. Now that word, Word, there is logos. Right, the word is living and power. That's logos. Right. Come on. So through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, which means it, it it's alive and it it abides it. It can, it can do great things. It's living and powerful. The word logos itself, there's two Greek words for word, W-O-R-D, logos and Raymond. Now, many of my Wednesday night crowd probably heard this a hundred times, but not everybody necessarily has heard it. But um, logos um, means a um, God-inspired word. What you hold in your, in your hand, a Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, Um, is recorded, inspired Word, God-breathed Word, God-inspired Word. Then it was recorded down for you and me, come on, somebody, so that every time you read that, that's God's inspired Word or breathed Word, come on, somebody, that's ministering to you. It's alive. It'll do something it abides in other words it 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 can, it can take residence because it's living okay so it can take residence within you know, renewed mind into your heart. We can go on and on about the seed of God's word in your heart, the, the mind being renewed. All this is about things that come in, and you you're you're letting that word come in and 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 deposit it into your heart, and and start renewing your mind, start changing and renovating, change the picture that you got. Amen. All this stuff starts happening with that word of God because it's living. Are you still with me? Okay, now let's let's read on here. We're still in 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 First Peter here verse 24 said because all flesh is as grass and all glory of man is as a flower of the grass and the grass withers and the flower falls away but the word in other words all this other stuff I hear, all the natural things they just kind of they come they go they look pretty for a season then they go you know if you, you know I have tulips that are planted you know out not too far from our front door and uh, uh, um, some years I don't even get to hardly see them because they they spring up bloop, you go oh, the tulips are up and then here comes a rabbit Right? Mm -hmm. Or a deer. Okay? And uh, and then, you you know, it's like you walked in, you came back out, and then said, Trudy, come look at the two. And you go... (laughs) So well, they're here, they're gone. (laughs) Right? Right. Okay. The grass can be beautiful one day, and you get about, you know, 100-degree weather for about a, a couple weeks straight, and all of a sudden it's gone, right? All right, so the point he's just saying is that natural things come, they go. Stuff that, you know, you're out there at all, it all comes and goes. But the word, now this word word is the word Rama. But the word of the Lord endures, it's what stands, it's what continues forever. So the point he's trying to make is you got born again by this just hearing. An inspired word that started working on you. But one day, if you keep meditating on that, and of course I'm jumping, you know, we could have done a whole sermon just on that, but you just by by taking that word in and meditating and bring pretty soon it goes from being just an inspired, God-breathed word to a word that's now Rhema word, revealed, something revealed. Something now you're seeing something. It's a word that has now been made to breathe. It's no longer just a God-breathed word. It's now a word that's made to breathe. So, in other words, it came alive in you. Now, I'm telling you, faith begins to amen. When you got amen, that kind of word working, amen, it works with your faith. Man, I mean, something's happening. Pretty soon what springs up? Revealed word. Because it's what remains. Hallelujah. Now, you might have heard a word, and, and it's still a logos form, and that's wonderful. And you may even know, uh, you know, I could start quoting you a verse, and you might be able to finish that verse because you've heard it. But, but something comes along and, a, and wars against it, and you forget about that in a heartbeat because of the pressure. So What that tells me is it's still in logos form. It's still living. It's in there. But we got to get it alive where now something's revealed. And it literally means literally like something, the cover's been pulled back and now. (gasps) See, that's when when the elevator goes all the way up. Right? Lights come on, bats fly out of the belfry. It's like. (sighs) Listen, I, I can take, I literally can take you to spots on the planet where I had a revealed word. I could take you into a mill and show you a spot right there when this, this part of my, this was revealed to me. I could take you de- back to Nebraska into, into another place and point to this, this right in this spot right here. God, all of a sudden that word became alive to me. Amen. I'm, I, there was a, there was, it was a, a spot between, uh, from, uh, that, that goes between Bend and before you even get to Powell Butte at the time we used to live in, in Prineville. And I remember driving. <gasps> I was like, what happened? Something was revealed. I'd been meditating along long of it, it. It worked, clicked. And all of a sudden it's like, but see, a revealed word remains. See, no, no devil in hell can shake you off it, no person can talk you out of it. See what I'm saying? It stands. See? And that's the kind of word you want because it works with your faith. It's what'll change your life. Are you hearing me? And listen, you may say, "Well, that's not—I don't have that really working in me yet." Just stay with it; it'll come. Geez, I remember times when, um, uh, (coughs) you know, I remember just uh, when I was working in the mill over here in Bend uh, years ago now, Um, but. it was it was where the Lord began to talk to me about just meditating the Word and, and qu- quoting the Word. So I'd be doing it, quoting it, quoting it, quoting it, quoting it, and I did it for you know, did it for several years. Um, and then I, but I remember many times when I'm, I'm I'm literally working my machine and quoting the Word, and all of a sudden, oh, it's like he it's like he, he pulled the cover back, and I saw it. oh I literally would. Stop what I was doing and run, grab my, my Bible and look at that. And again, I, oh. and then it was he would connect it with this one and this verse with this one and this verse with this one. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, oh. I know what he's talking about. You know, and so now nobody can take it from you. See now, listen, because the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God, now the living word is living and powerful, sharper than two-edged sword. It's, it's definitely, but when it becomes a true weapon that you can use is when it become, clicks into a revealed word. When that happens, it's, it's a sword you can stuff up under his nose. Are you still with me? Come on. That's true. See, a lot of people, that's, they, they lack that. So what happens is uh, it hinders then because that's not, that's not yet alive enough in them. So here comes the pressure. So we cave to the pressure. Instead of activate your faith through a revealed word, come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, um, it just, it, it, believe me, it's just a lot easier when it becomes revealed. You don't have to try to drum up something. Try to convince yourself, okay? You know? <laughs> you know, the Word says, you know, call those things that be not as though they are, not call those things that are as though they are. Come on, somebody. Or call those things that are as though they're not. That's a big difference. There's a lot of people sitting in their room and go, this is not happening. This is not happening. This is not happening. This is not happening. That's not how it works. Come on now. All right. You can't you just, it isn't some mind over matter thing where you're going to convince your yourself that this is not really happening to you. No, you take the word, come on, and you begin to initiate that word and you call things that be not, in other words, it's unseen right now, but you're calling that thing which be not as though it is. And that's when all of a sudden things begin to shift and change. Still with me? And that's a whole other sermon, I guess. But, but, beyond, but bottom line, though, is it, it's, the Word is definitely something that, that works with your faith. Praise God. Amen? Well, did you get something tonight? I think we'll leave it at that right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So these are just things that work with your faith. And um, I just, you know, I think it's necessary just to keep that stern in you. Amen. And uh, hopefully these are just things that maybe uh, every now and then just, uh, you know, kind of go through a checklist maybe if you've took, taken notes and, and uh, go through it and say, make sure, you know, make sure I'm, you know, my expectation's right. Am I, am I in the Word? Am I standing on the Word? Am I, uh, you know, am I, am I committed to this thing? Or am I uh, up and down? Or, you know, uh, you know am I, uh, you know, if I, you know, all these things, are they working? Is my mouth doing what it should be doing? Right? Am I staying consistent? Are my, my actions following suit? If somebody was to look at me and listen to me, would it, would it seem like I'm somebody standing for, for something? Am I really, you know, I mean, these are just things that just check you out. Amen. And then what do you do when you cross that line? Well, you give up. No, no. A lot of people do. What do you do? That's a good time to Repent. Just stop and say, Lord, I know better than this. You're right. I'm walking in doubt and unbelief right now. I'm letting my feelings get the best of me or my emotions get the best of me. Amen. My picture's wrong. I need Father, I forgive me for that. And just, just make it right. Stop, turn, go the other direction and get it right. Praise God. Amen. It's not complicated. Amen. Isn't that cool about the things of God? I mean, if it was like old covenant, we'd have to wait a year and offer up your cat, your dog, because we'd be all out of cows and everything else by now. <laughs> Some sacrifice, right? You know what I mean. And the way I see life, you know, if you know, if I'd even offered a sacrifice on Saturday, by Sunday I'd already be ready for another one. I'd be somewhere along the line, messed it up again. So I think, man, goodness, you know, how, oh yeah, oof, gotta wait a whole another year to do this. Well, you don't have to. In the, you know, in the kingdom, the blood of Jesus. Come on. And so, if there's something that, hey, I wasn't walking in faith, well, just repent, get it right, get going in the right direction. Amen. I found the two, those are the things that help you a little bit too, because just by stopping, repenting, and make it right, it makes you kind of be a little bit more sharp later. So you catch yourself, you know, especially when your mouth, it's like, whoa, bring those back. Who no. Right? Anyway, praise the Lord. Why don't y'all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for your word. Thank you for these principles today. Thank you for a people of faith. This is how they live. This is their lifestyle. I'm thankful Lord God that all these areas are working in their life. Praise the Lord. Uh, just that are aiding their faith right now. That are just working for them. Praise God. We give praise for that. And again forgive us for all the mess. The times that we uh, we weren't walk, walking by faith. Praise God. All these areas maybe we let ourselves get the, you know, maybe kind of that stuff got the, got the better of us. And So forgive us for that and We know you're faithful and just to forgive us, and so we receive that and thank you for it. And we give praise, Lord God, hallelujah, that the good work that you began within each and every one of us, you are finishing. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, turn to someone, slap them five, say, I'm so glad you're walking by faith, and you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message.